It's the KPI Cafe, a place where conversations happen that aspire to elevate retail automotive. I'm your host, Dane Seville, brand and public relations manager for Reunion Marketing, a full service digital marketing agency that graciously affords me this platform to bring you perspectives and insights from thought leaders across a full spectrum of disciplines. As always, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Paisans, Campari, Gumbara. I'm pumped. I'm pumped because there are a lot of questions that I have, especially around uh, how privacy updates and platform reactions to those updates are affecting things, as well as the, to the general changes in consumer behavior, how that all affects strategy. We already, already had one guest, uh, Colin, uh, earlier in the season. We talked about social media, right? I mean, we covered several topics. Uh, a little bit around this this iOS 14 update you know, uh, is what sort of part of what we covered. Today, we're going to dive a lot more into that. But, you know, if there's one thing you'll learn about me, if you don't already know it, it's that I don't like to feel inept. It really bothers me when I don't have answers to questions that people have. I mean, I come from a background as an educator and a copywriter. So my entire life has been me having the answers, right? I never really covered topics in which I wasn't the authority. But nobody can be a master of all trades in digital marketing. You cannot dedicate, you can never dedicate enough time to truly be the expert, the guy or gal in the weeds in SEO, paid search, social media. And then on top of that, remote retailing, chat, trade, and appraisal tools, the list goes on. Still, I struggle on a daily basis with not being the sole repository of answers. But I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by so many people who are experts in these different disciplines and I'm happy because you and I, we get to learn together. So today we're going we're gonna to address and clarify how the iOS 14.5 update is impacting your dealership's social media marketing. What's true? What's not? What to really be concerned about? What does it all mean? What does it not mean? Have a clear grasp of all these concepts. Have a clear understanding of what does and does not matter. What's true? So, for that purpose, I have a great member of the Reunion Marketing team. So, without further ado, without further delay, let's go ahead and sink him on in. It's another KPI Cafe, and I'm excited for this. And we're going to clarify some things that are happening with, with social media and the iOS 14.5 update. And of course, I couldn't ask for anyone better to do that and our own director of social media, Giancarlo Montenegro. Giancarlo, thanks for joining me on the KPI Cafe. Hey, anytime, Dane. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Well, before we get into the actual meat of the episode, the, the content of it, let's find out. Where'd you come from? How'd you get here? How you, how'd you get to what you're doing today at Reunion Marketing? I, I think I ask myself that at least three times a week, but um, you know, I'll let you know when I figure out that answer at, at a deeper level. But um, I joined Reunion in, at the top of the year. So yeah, June, four, uh, January 4th. Um, you know, previously I have been in automotive. I was running strategy at another uh, tier three social automotive agency uh, for a number of years. Um, I then made the move to New York City and was working uh, for Group M for a number of different clients and, uh, you know, sizable industries, uh, you know, financial and otherwise. 
Um, but really, I, I realized during my time there, I truly found a home in automotive. Um, some of the best professional connections I've made, you know, deep, you know, uh, friendships, um, you know, all live in auto. And, you know, the opportunity with reunion was just too perfect to pass up. And, you know, it's hard to believe, um, you know, Matt, my boss, was telling me, it's been six months. It doesn't feel like six months. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> it's been a hell of a six months and it's, you know, it's been great. And I'm really proud to be a part of the reunion team. Awesome. I know we are really glad to have you. So you're here and we're going to talk about the, the iOS 14.5 update. It's, it's ha you know, it's happened. Uh, I still think there's some, some confusion, even for myself, right? Even, even I'm still confused about exactly what all of this means and, and the extent to which it, it affects our strategies. Now, so to start off, now I've used the phrase, and people often use the phrase regarding ad delivery, you know, to Facebook and all of its network partners, the, the fancy language, the network partners. So does does this update of the iOS 14.5 update, does it impact the ability for ads to be delivered across Facebook's network or because it's Facebook's network, it still can still uh, uh, be delivered to, to those audiences? Yeah. So in terms of the actual ad delivery itself, there's no impact. So when you know me or my team or anyone who is a Facebook advertiser goes and builds out a campaign, um, it's simply part of the process selecting your placement for ad delivery. It can be on the Facebook newsfeed, on desktop, on mobile, Instagram, stories, right column, marketplace, um, not to go through the entire list, there's clearly a <laughs> lot of them, um, but we still have the full ability to deliver at all placements where the real impact comes is in terms of the information that we're getting back from Facebook um, or back to Facebook from where we are driving ads currently. So that's been the largest change, but no impact in terms of ad delivery placement. Okay, great. So, so beyond the actual ad delivery, then, then we, of course we have retargeting and I know that the, uh, you know, the people not opting in, it's going to impact the ability to retarget, but you know, not everyone uses an iPhone. I know iPhone, you know, a lot of people use iPhones, but I mean, what about people on desktop devices or other types of smartphones that aren't the iPhone? Can you still run a full retargeting strategy? And if so, what does that, what does that look like? What can you, what can you still accomplish with retargeting? Absolutely. And I think that's a valid point that really isn't discussed enough. So you're right. Not everyone has an iPhone. Not everyone has, you know, a, a MacBook. And of course I say that speaking to you on a MacBook and I have an <laughs> iPhone, However, I am not uh, resembling of everybody. Um, with that said, you're right. It does come down to, it does come down to um, opting in as opposed to opting out. And yes, the opt-in numbers have been quite small. On average, number of studies are seeing anywhere between four and 6% of people are opting in. And that's not just pertaining to Facebook. Um, they actually believe that Facebook's numbers skew slightly lower just due to um, historical consumer privacy, um, you know, visibility, right? Um, you know, we've seen those stories in the news. So there's, there's a bit of a correlation, but Facebook's done a great job to their credit, um, really, uh, to correct that. But to get to the heart of your question with regards to retargeting what we can do, if you're not running on a um, iOS-powered device, then this isn't going to affect you. Um, or isn't going to affect advertisers that are trying to reach you. If you are on, you know, the latest, you know, Microsoft Surface or you're on your Android phone, um, none of this impacts. We're still able to capture that data as advertisers, pass it back to Facebook and build a retargeting campaign. Um, so it very much is business as usual for those who are not on iOS devices. 
Okay. And so with the, the, the market share that, that sort of, you know, I'm also on a MacBook and I have an iPhone. Do, do we still find the value in still, is there still enough of a statistically relevant number of people to make that uh, a part of your strategy still? Yeah. So that's a great question on, on reunion side and through similar studies that I've seen the average number of people um, that a advertiser reached prior to the iOS 14.5 update was somewhere in the neighborhood of 78 to 83%. That's a massive share. And we're fully aware of that. That doesn't mean that we want to ignore the, you know, 23 to 17% that do not fall into that category, of course. But with the introduction, I know you and I've spoken a bit about on Facebook AIAs and our ability to create native retargeting audiences that live within the Facebook ecosphere, we can layer those audiences together in our retargeting campaigns. Once again, just to make sure that we are, you know, creating that full net and we aren't letting any potential in-market consumers or um, service clients, you know, slip through those cracks. So it's something that we're able to layer and it's more of an and um, logic as opposed to an or logic situation. Okay, great. So naturally, uh, data collection is important, right? Of course. And uh, now, the way I phrase this one question I sent you, whenever I looked at it again, I was like, I don't like how I phrase that. You know, it's like, yes, I mean, it's going to impact Google Analytics data collection. So, so let me ask, let me ask this. Um, to what degree is Google Analytics data still helping inform the social media strategy as we shift towards on Facebook AIAs and trying to uh, leverage more of the, the Facebook machine learning and, and, and data uh, that's being given to us by Facebook itself? Yeah, I think the answer is it is, it is less so and it is, has continued to be less so. And quite frankly, it looks as though it, that trajectory will continue. Um, and that's not a bad thing. You know, it's all a matter of who houses the data. It's not a matter of data loss. It's a matter of a, you know, data movement um, more than anything. So, you know, even in the quote unquote good old days, right, of 2017, 2019, um, you know, there was still data loss between what Facebook is showing us and what Google is showing us. That's just, that's always been, you know, the state of the nature of the relationship between Facebook and Google. They have different interpretations for what similar metrics mean or the way that they calculate certain um, KPIs. So what this allows us to do, quite frankly, um, speaking in a broader, um, you know, uh, in a broader sense, is that we're able to really create a social specific um, aggregate of understanding, right? All the data is going to live within the Facebook ecosphere. We are then able to, you know, baseline that, measure, and optimize against it. Um, you know, looking, uh, looking at those next level metrics that typically dealers and you know businesses outside of the auto realm have relied on Google Analytics for um, at length. Great. So here, here's here's a little follow up for you. And if you need a minute to kind of think on it, please take as much time as you need. Uh, so thinking of like KPIs and metrics. In what, in what Facebook measures and shows us, is it similar to Google Analytics or, or are we starting to look at different types of key performance indicators that Facebook gives us to uh, then optimize the ads? Yeah, so, I mean, 
at its forefront, let's just let I will happily concede that Google Analytics is a far more robust offering in terms of the insights, um, you know, companies, um, regardless of industry can extract in terms of, um, you know, where their consumers have come from some user journey path acquisition, um, things that most company uh, or, or marketing managers are fairly familiar with. Um, what I will say is that as great as that is from a KPI and analytics perspective, I do very much believe and evangelize in the, um, the messaging that we need to measure the success of our campaigns based on actual vehicle sales or, or service ROs. This is pretty easily done on the CPG side. Like if we're Nike and we're launching an ad, right? And we sell, you know, five shoes, you know, five pairs of shoes on, on one ad and, you know, 10,000 on the other. We know, you know, where, you know, <laughs> which ad to turn off, where to throttle the money. And we have an end goal that we're really, um, that really impacts the top and bottom line of the business. Um, so I know uh, our friend Bob Lanham and his team have worked tirelessly to really skew the messaging that way, um, leveraging um, the offline attribution API, um, helping to build relationships between agencies and dealers to pass back, um, you know, sales and service data, uh, you know, at month's end, beginning of a month, um, and cross-referencing that with Facebook data. Um, so I think that this is a much, the bigger conversation is about the evolution of success on Facebook, as opposed to trying to compare um, KPIs at a higher medium funnel level. Okay, great. Now, to me, that lends the question of, uh, and this might be a loaded question, are there, you know, as, as Facebook, you know, evolves and innovates and, 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 and changes and, and continues to champion uh, better measurement, are there still vanity metrics that dealers should be cognizant of? And, and, be, and you know, if an agency says, oh, well, look at this, is there something that, that, that's a little more like of a shallow metric that dealers need to be aware that it doesn't necessarily really mean uh, anything of substance to them? Yeah, I mean... So there's a lot of ways to go about that one. Um, and you're right, that's fairly loaded. Um, but I'll forgive you for it. Um, obviously, you know, for years, dealers and business, you know, non-auto businesses alike have been, you know, constantly spoon-fed metrics of, you know, C, you know cost per click, click-through rate, um, CPM. Um, and, you know, it, from there, it has evolved slightly to, you know, your cost per VDP view or cost per lead form submission. Um, and those things are great. And obviously, if we're not getting people to that level of the funnel, then there's an issue in targeting. Um, and you need to completely, you know, revisit, you know, the strategy, your agency, whatever, like something's clearly broken at a high level. Um, but beyond that, um, I know that since I've joined Reunion at least, we're really focused on fueling those VDP views, typically now on Facebook VDP, now that we're in a post iOS 14.5 world, um, and turning those into actual um, business driving leads, right? So we're taking those audiences and we are feeding them into, um, you know, dynamic retargeting lead generation ads. And we're focusing on how many highly qualified, you know, high intent um, signal driving leads can we 
drive to our dealers and at what rate of efficiency. Um, and of course, none of that could be done if we weren't driving those VDP views. So that's where our focus is. And if you know you as a dealer are being um, told a story that involves either half or neither of those, um, you know, I, I, I would definitely um, challenge that conversation a little bit. Great. Awesome. You handled that very, very well. And, and I think that that actually mined a lot of really good, good insights. So I appreciate you uh, taking that on. Uh, so let's pivot a little bit. And I want to talk about, you know, strategies. And, you know, so I don't know exactly, you know, uh, what goes into building out these campaigns and everything. And so do dealers almost need to have a different social media strategy based on type of device used? Or is it is it just sort of the way Facebook is going and, and how it's it's evolving? It's just sort of creating just really one holistic way to approach advertising on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that, especially for the sake of the conversation, you know, being pertained to automotive that we really need to have um, device specific campaigns built out um, where I focus uh, myself is how can we ensure that we are reaching those users um, that we want to reach at any given time, right? I mean, it is a signalless world that we're living in post iOS. So there's a heightened importance for native audiences, be it the, the audiences that we get on Facebook through on Facebook VDP, um, you know, views and, you know, further engagements, be it through messenger or otherwise, um, or also just leveraging um, like IHS audiences, which have been imperative to, you know, reunion so successfully and a bunch of other um, top agencies in the space navigating this, you know, they have actual vehicle records that their audiences are built off of. They're not built off of pixel data or data signals that likely have gone dark since iOS 14.5. They're, they're truly, you know, um, audiences that can't be penetrated by, you know, any sort of shift in, you know, the, the data atmosphere, right? So we can rely on those audiences with very, very high degrees of confidence. And, you know, as such, we've seen an actual improvement uh, for our dealers that leverage those, those uh, you know, those audiences in their social strategy. So for me, it's all about audiences, always has been, always will be, um, you know, it's, it's great to get a little, you know, nitty gritty if you can, if you have the budget to maybe test something out and maybe you find a nice and temporary, possibly, um, pocket niche of success. But at the end of the day, if you're not confident about who you're reaching is who you're trying to reach, um, it's going to be a struggle to have that conversation at the end of the campaign. Okay, great. Uh, so before I get into sort of the final two questions that I have, I just want to make sure that we didn't miss anything. Is there anything else about the iOS 14.5 update that you want to uh, highlight, underscore, caution, uh, you know, whether it's a, a warning or, a, you know, don't worry about it so much? I don't know. Like, what is there anything else about this update that, that dealers should be aware of? Yeah, so actually, it's a good question. And, um, you know, I one that I haven't really spoken on too much because it was so quietly done by Facebook and I understand the need for it. Um, but I think that there needs to be a level of enhanced transparency between agency and dealership in this realm. And the reason why I say that is because 
typically what agencies have done historically is either manually or through an API, pull a dealer's results at the end of the month, slap it into a presentation, and they read it off to the dealer, they hand it off to the dealer, um, and they use those results to, um, to really uh, formulate you know, the ongoing strategy in the near and long term. Um, however, if you go into Ads Manager today and you're running a standard you know, um, campaign that's driving to a website still, what you'll see is you'll see the number of results you garnered, but then there's gonna be a little number two to the side of it. And what that is, is an, it's an annotation. If you highlight over it, Facebook actually says that those numbers to a degree are statistically modeled um, based off of the iOS 14.5. So you can't say for certain that that number of actual conversions occurred. It's what Facebook believes they has occurred due to historical knowledge of your campaigns, the budget you have in, the number of clicks on the ad in that month. And so it's not, it's, it's, a little, it's become a bit of a softer number than a hard number. Um, and once again, it's just, it reinforces the need to evolve and you know, have those on Facebook destination AIA ads um, where we don't have that issue. And because everything's in the Facebook ecosphere, we can report on those metrics with the utmost confidence. Okay, great. Well, I had, yeah, I had no idea about that. So that, that's wonderful. It's great. Another, I'm glad I asked you that. Another great little nugget there. Sure. Uh, so let's, let's get off iOS 14.5. Let's talk about what you foresee as, as a thought leader in, in the space of, of, of social media and automotive. So I originally sent this to you as one question. I kind of want to break it up into just two. So first, what do you see as the, some of the biggest challenges in automotive retail with uh, the social media space? Um, I think the biggest bit of news that we've seen recently, and I know that you've spoken with, you know, Bob and a number of other, um, you know, social experts on this um, within the space, obviously the removal of bulk feed upload to marketplace in September is going to be pretty massive. Um, it's something that, and, and just for context, I was actually uh, running the project at, you know, a, a former employer of mine when we were one of the first five vendors to get access to this. So okay. I've been on, I've been on the Facebook marketplace bulk upload feed since its infancy. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I am sad to see it go to a degree, but at, at the end of the day, it fill it, there's a massive void that needs to be filled. Right. And it's a matter of how are dealers going to make that pivot and understand that they aren't gonna have those 100, 200, 300, 500 um, incoming leads that cost them you know, next to nothing just because you know, it's a set it and forget it types, um, type setup with the API. Um, I don't disagree with the decision. I understand why it's being done, but the pontificating about how we fill that void is going to very much um, drive the success or lack thereof for a number of agencies and dealer groups in the back half of 2021. Okay, great. On the flip side of that, what do you see as some of the biggest opportunities for automotive retail and social media? Yeah, so um, <laughs> I could talk about this one for a little bit. Um, I'm going to try and condense it. Um, but there's a lot going on in the macro atmosphere as it pertains to social media there especially when we talk about regulations we talk about 
some of that not so fun stuff of, you know, um, what social media companies can or cannot do, or if what they've done historically, you know, um, should, you know, should be intact as best practice. And, you know, as such, the, the surrounding atmosphere on platforms not named Facebook or Instagram, um, it's an exciting space. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, the void being filled by marketplace. Do I think that there's high potential for another platform to, um, you know, to take some of that, you know, uh, media spend and, and uh, you know, really help dealers, you know, become early adopters to platforms that don't see, um, you know, don't see a lot of media spend in tier three automotive? Absolutely. And yes, you know, there has been platforms like Snapchat that have poured in a fair amount of resources into their tier three automotive offering. Um, and there's been, you know, a number of other similar platforms that we're looking into currently that have similar data agreements with our data partners or um, are enhancing their reporting capabilities so we can be confident about where every penny of our dealer's media spend is going so that we can place outside of the Facebook ecosphere. Uh, I think Facebook and I've been an advocate for years, clearly, you know, it, it's been good to me. Um, you know, I think that they will always reign supreme just due to magnitude, visibility, metrics, et cetera. But there really hasn't been that second place on social to place, you know, ad media. And I think that there's a very good opportunity, um, just looking at the bigger landscape here for one of those uh, platforms to really secure itself as an, another potential placement opportunity. Great. Fantastic insights, Giancarlo. I expected to learn a lot. And of course, you delivered like I thought you would. So that's 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 all I got for you today, man. That's you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of here. And but I want to thank you once again for joining me on the KPI Cafe. I know everyone listening is gonna get a lot of value out of today. Thank you, Dane. No, I really appreciate it anytime and uh, look forward to chatting next time. Absolutely, and everyone, I'll catch you at the next KPI Cafe. Have a great day.